Do you like being scared? You are listening to Haunted Real Ghost Stories. A warning before we begin, the following is based on a true story and is not suitable for younger listeners. How often do you trust your gut? If it feels like someone is watching you, then they usually are. You have these extra senses for a reason. Have you ever heard of Loftus Hall? Loftus Hall is an imposing 22-bedroom mansion that looms out of the flat landscape in County Wexford. Its size is in such contrast with its surrounds, it's as if a giant plucked it from some stately setting and dropped it on the sparse Hook Peninsula. Even if you were to go there today, there is only a single isolated road that can be used to get to and from the house. It seems like there has always been evil in that house. Of course, everyone talks about the Grand Oak Staircase in the main hall. It took years to hand-carve before they even set about installing it in the late 1800s. The design is believed to be so detailed that the whole imposing structure just slots into place without a single nail. It's said that there are only two staircases like it in the entire world. The first is in the Vatican in Rome. The second, well, that now lies in its own watery grave, inside the Titanic. At the entrance lies the most spectacular mosaic-tiled floor. As locals tell it, the family tracked down two of the most talented craftsmen in Italy and offered to pay above the odds if they would come to Ireland and undertake the commission. It took the workers years to painstakingly lay the complex designs, ensuring that each tile selected was the perfect shade and shape to create the masterpiece. And when it was finally complete, they called the head of the house for inspection. Oh, he liked it all right. His keen eyes lapped up every detail of the floor. In fact, he loved it so much he didn't want anyone else to have such a work of art. Instead of rewarding those poor Italian tilers, he had them slaughtered so that they would never be able to recreate it. Evil festers in dark places. It was in this mansion house where a young lady named Anne Tottenham lived with her father, stepmother, brothers and sisters. One stormy night, the family heard a loud knock at the door. A dark and handsome stranger stood outside, cold and soaking. He explained that he was the captain of a boat that had been forced to seek shelter in the nearby Slade Harbour. His crew were still on board carrying out repairs, but that he had managed to hire a horse and cart which had brought him in this direction. As was custom at the time, the stranger was invited in and given a warm meal and dry clothes. He was also offered a room where he could stay for the night. However, the charming and charismatic stranger fell in easily with the family, in particular Anne, who was at marrying age. That one night stay led to many more. Anne grew fond of the handsome newcomer and the two grew close. They took long walks together along the clifftop and the family often found them sitting in front of the fire deep in conversation. In the evenings, the family would retreat to the tapestry room to play cards. 
On the sixth night, the family sat around the card table with the dark stranger. A storm whipped at the shutters outside. The fire was lighting, but the room still felt cold. The family were enjoying seeing their father being beaten at the game by someone else. The storm was picking up, and the clock let them know that the hour was late. One of the brothers got up to get some drinks. Anne, who was feeling tired, could hear the clock over the humdrum of the game. Her father slapped the table in annoyance at losing the latest round. He pleaded for one more game. The brother returned to the seat and a new game began. Anne, who had just been dealt fresh cards, dropped one on the floor. She bent down to pick it up and when she glanced across under the table, she froze. She felt the warmth drain from her body. Her whole world slowed. She could hear her heart beating in her chest. She closed her eyes and opened them again. Across the table from her where the stranger's feet should be, she saw hooves. The cloven feet shuffled slightly and she screamed. She stood and pointed at the stranger, her screams replacing the words that would not come. The stranger's eyes burned red and his skin blackened as he revealed himself as the devil. He transformed into a ball of fire and shot up through the roof, leaving a strong smell of sulphur behind in the room. Anne was mentally and physically traumatised by the event. She dropped to the floor and began hugging her knees, rocking back and forth, her eyes dark, staring at the gaping hole above her. Her father brought her to her room, but when he checked on her the next morning, she remained in that hunched, hollow state. He sat with her the next night. He played her favourite music and stroked her hair. She just lay there, hugging her knees, her eyes open, but it seemed as if they weren't seeing anything, just playing and replaying the horror they had witnessed. Months passed and then years. Anne never left her room again. She never recovered and remained in that tight fetal position until she died. The trauma of what she witnessed left a lasting impact on her. After Anne passed away, her family were unable to straighten out her body for burial. They had the local undertakers make a coffin in the shape of a square in which they could place her corpse. It's after her death that the residents at Loftus Hall began experiencing severe poltergeist activity. The staff adamant it was Anne, who haunted in life, was now unable to rest in death. The ghostly occurrences became more obvious. At first, the storm shutters outside would close suddenly, leaving the rooms in darkness. Other times, holy statues would be moved around the house. The family searched desperately for an exorcist who could rid the home of the poltergeist. Many clergymen who were friends of the family attempted to take on the powerful negative force, but failed. Then they heard that a Catholic priest who was a tenant on their estate was quietly skilled in tackling dark spirits. Father Thomas Broders concentrated his efforts in the tapestry room. He entered alone. But over the coming hours, many voices were heard beyond the door. Deep tones of men, 
light tones of ladies, and even childlike voices. Those who dared venture into the area of Loftus Hall swore that the heat seemed to radiate from the large room as if it were on fire. After a long night, the doors to the room burst open and Father Broaders staggered out, pale, bleeding and exhausted. The exorcism worked to a degree. To this day, many people report seeing unexplained ghostly figures at the mansion. The most famous of all appearances is captured in a photograph taken by Englishman Thomas Beavis, who was holidaying in Ireland in 2014. It appears to show a ghost standing at a window inside the house. Take a look yourself. See what you think. This podcast, Haunted Real Ghost Stories, was written and presented by me, Sarah Kelly. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review and tell a friend. It helps others to find the podcast. You can see the photo of the ghostly figure taken by Thomas Beavis on Instagram and Twitter at This Haunted Podcast. Theme music is by Mario Cole. Cover image is by Stefano Pollio. Thank you for listening. <laughs>